Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the studio and welcome back to our study on 1 Corinthians. Today, Clark and I are jumping in to chapter four, and I'm glad to be here. We're talking about really helpful stuff, one, two, and three, but I feel like chapter four, you kind of churn the corner a little bit. We're going to talk about apostleship and kind of what that looks like. So Clark, lead us. Here we go. First couple of verses. Paul writes, this then is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries that God's revealed. Hmm. Now it's required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. If you think about that word entrusted, you uh, entrust things of value to other people. Yeah. Like we entrust our children to babysitters, people we trust. Yeah. We entrust um, you know, our lives to pilots as they fly airplanes. Yeah. Your money to investors, whatever it is. You entrust mm-hmm. things of value. And when it comes to that word mystery, it's that now Jesus Christ has come. He's helped us make sense of God's plan, hmm. God's heart, God's hmm. intention, and everything the the Old Testament yeah. foretold. Like Hebrews talks about how like the Old Testament's a shadow of what's to come in Christ. Jesus is that light, the light of the world that gives clarity and helps us make sense of everything. Hmm. When it comes to why do you exist and what's your purpose and your destiny and what's God's will for you in your life? These are really good questions. Apart from Jesus, we're not going to be able to find out like the true and genuine answers to those questions. And he says, now that you've been given the gospel Mm -hmm. for us here, you know, living in the 2020s, we've been given great clarity to have the old Testament Mm -hmm. and the new Testament. Yeah. We're able to read the Old Testament through the lens of the cross, and now we're able to read the New Testament in light of the cross mm-hmm. and see, all right, here's how we're supposed to live in regards to how we interact with God, yeah. how we view our own selves and our own bodies, and how we interact and treat other people. Yeah. Verses three or four continue, and they kind of give us a little insight as to what Paul's mindset he is here when he ta- when he's thinking about how he's living as an apostle. I care very liter- little if I'm judged by you <laughs> or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. So he's, he's standing there and giving perspective of like, I'm answering ultimately to the Lord. Yes. Because there are scripture passages like Romans 13. It talks about submitting to the governing authorities. Sure. Right. So long as the governance and the rules and the laws mm-hmm. don't uh, encourage you and command you to compromise your walk with the Lord. Yeah. They command you to compromise your walk with the Lord. You go back to Acts 5 when the apostles, again, are out preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. The Sanhedrin threatens them and says, hey, you be quiet. We're going to throw you back in jail. And they say, we must obey God, not men. So that's where that's at. And Paul is conscious of the tension in the room. He's Mm -hmm. preaching and people want to kill him. And he's like, you're not going to judge me. One day I'm going to stand before the Lord who's going to either send me to heaven to be in his presence forever Mm -hmm. or he's going to send me to hell to be apart from him forever into the lake of torment, I'm going to listen to God. Yeah. Because who are you? You call me names. You can make fun of me. You can even stone me. Right. At the end of the day, that's a snippet in the span of eternity. Yeah. So I want to be judged by the ways of God and the things of God. Yeah. And so he bends his knee only to the Lord. And that's why he has a clear conscience. Yeah. <laughs> He's got conviction. Verses five through seven kind of continue with this like judgment theme and, and them having an appointed time. I'll pick up in verse six. Now, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what it is written. Hmm. Then you will not be puffed up in being a follower of one of us over against the other. For who makes you different from anyone else? 
what do you have that you did not receive? That's good. And if you did, if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? So verse six, Paul's really trying to remind them, do not go beyond what is written in scripture. Do not go beyond what he's saying. Often Paul uses the language like imitate me. And that's actually a really, that's kind of a, that's a mouthful. You know, we do that all the time as parents in in our workplace. Also, we like, you know, imitate me, live as I'm living. And Paul's saying, hey, don't go beyond what I've shown you, what I've told you, what's been written, the eyewitnesses, uh, the eyewitness accounts that we have um, with who the person of Jesus was. There's a standard. So don't go beyond the standard. Verse seven two: God's word and God's grace are offered to you the same as they're offered to everyone else. And so there's interesting dynamics here going on in the church in Corinth. And so Paul is saying, remember what we talked about before. Remember who you were. Remember where you came from before you come with who you are now. And that keeps us in a place of humility before the Lord. And that also, that's, that leads us to then, um, that leads us to a more, um, united place then instead of well you know i'm doing this or i'm doing this well we all came to this place by the person of jesus yeah, christ and that's accord. how we got here yeah, yeah. And, and he keeps pushing them in the next couple of verses he says already you have everything you want already you've become rich you've begun to reign and that without us how i wish that you really had begun to reign so that we might reign with you he's being sarcastic there for it seems to me that god mm. has put us apostles on display at the end of this procession like those condemned to die in the arena. We have been made a public spectacle to the whole universe, to the angels as well as to human beings. Right here, Paul is making fun of the Corinthians. And it's an mm. example of people saying, oh, you're going to go where you want to hear. You don't like what I have to say? They've moved on and ta- gone to other teachers yeah. and, and preachers and probably to the marketplace, the temple or whatever. And Paul's saying, it's like, the gospel, I first gave that to you. Yeah. It's like, this is where this relationship started. Hmm. And so and who are you now just to say, hey, get out of here and kick me to the back of the line like yeah. I'm just some dead meat? Mm-hmm. He's like, you got to pay attention to what we're doing here. And like I said in, the other day in the podcast, when Paul writes to Timothy, he says the same thing. People are going to want to go where the teacher is going to tell them what they want to hear. So if you get offended today, you can just hop online and find some other teacher that's telling you what you want to hear, whether it's regards to your relationships, your sexuality, how you handle your money. Mm. And here we got to go back to scripture and what did Jesus say? Mm-hmm. How did the early church handle it? And that's that's the pattern of living for us as as followers of Jesus. Yeah. One of the funnier stories that comes to my mind is um, like when we have a kid who will ask you, hey, dad, can I have a snack? And I say, no. <laughs> Where does the child go next? They go to mom. 100%. Yes. And when you tell them no, where do they go? Back to you. They come to me yeah. like, dad, can I have a snack? And I'm always like, what did your mom say? My dad, when I was in middle school, <laughs> was trying to buy a car. And he went to this used car dealership outside uh, the small town in Iowa. And he asked the first car salesman, yeah. he said, hey, how much you want for that Ford Taurus? And I forget what they said, like 10 grand. My dad's like, oh, okay. That guy goes inside. The second salesman comes walking around the corner. My dad goes, hey, <laughs> how much you want for that Ford Taurus? And the guy's like, I'll give it to you for seven. My dad's like, deal. I'll no. sign it right now. True story. Oh my. So my dad goes in, signs the paperwork. The other guy ends up looking at it going, wait, how much you sell the car for? $3,000 less. And they were not on the same page. Right. And my dad wasn't trying to be like too manipulative or sneaky for whatever reason. He's like, enough. I'm going to ask this guy too, <laughs> just see what he has to say. And it's just a, a business move. And so, yeah, Paul's saying here at on the same token, yeah, I'm on the same page as all the other apostles. We're on the same Peter, team. James, yeah. and John Paul. They're all saying the same thing. Yeah, walk in humility, and everything's got to go back to Christ. Yeah, 
So, Bobby, you want to pick it back up at verse 10? Let me. Yes, yeah, sounds like this. We are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are so strong. You are honored. Mm. We are dishonored. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags and we are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, mm. the garbage of the world right up to this very moment. You notice mm. in these verses, Paul doesn't once like use the word cross. Mm. But he's talking about the gospel. He's talking about Jesus being beaten, humiliated, being right. given a bogus trial in the right. middle of the night, crucified, you know, s- supposedly embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But but Jesus chose it. He was willing to do that. And yeah. so he's reminding the church in Corinth and us today, instead of trying to mimic and follow the celebrities of this world and to look like them and sound like them and get mm-hmm. a following like them, we're to emulate and imitate the way of Jesus and the way of Paul. Mm-hmm. And that's very different than than where, you know, the world goes. And, and there's a shift yeah. in his speech because up to this point, he has actually kind of turned to like a sarcasm. Like, yeah. what, am, what am I, dead me at the end of the line? Yeah. And, oh, you're so smart. And look at yourselves. You know, look at what you were and who you are now. Mm-hmm. Now he shifts to more of an intimate, kind, and stern fatherly kind mm. of approach. You mean in verses 14? Yeah. What do you mean? Because I didn't feel like that was very kind. <laughs> 12, 13. And he's like, I feel like that's kind of, so he's encouraging people, you know, like you're saying, like, imitate me. Well, no, yeah, yeah. And then upcoming yeah, is uh, when he's uh, like. Upcoming, he shifts to being more kind and fatherly. Okay, let's read that then. Yeah. I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that sounds more fatherly. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Hmm. For this reason, I have sent you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Jesus Christ, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in the church. Yeah. yeah. So like, like a loving parent to a rebellious or disobedient child, yeah. he, he steps in and says, hey, dear children, don't do that. Yeah. You're going to hurt yourself and you're going to harm those around you. Yeah. Come back to me in the way of the Lord there's a specific way we got to live our life. And he yeah. kind of ends now on that stern. There's a, a gentle and kind of fatherly to the child's speech, but he's also strong here. Yeah. Some of you have become arrogant as if I were not coming to you, but I will come to you very soon if the Lord is mm-hmm. willing. And then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What do you prefer? Shall I come with shall I come to you with a rod of discipline or shall I come in love mm-hmm. and with a gentle spirit? And so mm-hmm. yeah, we don't know every little detail and circumstance as to what was happening in Corinth. Yeah. We know in the next couple of verses there's a lot of sexual promiscuity and a lot of idol worship. Yes. But here he's stepping in saying, "Hey, what you guys are doing is sinful and perverted. Right. We, we need to change." Yeah. I like how he also notes there that like the kingdom of God isn't just a kingdom of talk or of speech. It's actually a, a kingdom of power. It's a kingdom of demonstration. Yeah. And I think too, what's going on, like when, when Paul talks about arrogance, there's something going on in the church of Corinth too. Like we, we know there's sexual sin and, and other things too, when we get to like um, worship and how it's supposed to be regulated. So there's things going on there where people don't want to submit, where Paul's saying, look at my life. I have given everything. Look at all of these other apostles that have gone before it. They've given everything. You're not above that. And actually, if you look to our one master, Jesus, he wasn't above it. We're following him. And now you're following us and you're not doing it. And so Paul's saying in love, how am I going to come Lord willing to you? How am I going to come? 
Am I going to come with a rod for discipline in love? Mm. Or am I going to come in grace and mercy? How am I going to come? How will I find you? Yeah. And so it's just, again, it's a, it's a word of, of unity in the church that we need to be accountable to one another before the Lord. And that's actually a gift that Paul's giving them. Yeah. In verse 21, though, it kind of talks about that rod of discipline where he's saying, or shall yeah. I come in love? with a gentle spirit. Right. I feel like it kind of leaves you on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Like what's going to happen next? (laughs) Luckily you don't have to wait. I know you could just flip the pages if you (laughs) wanted to. (laughs) Or join us tomorrow. We'll talk about first Corinthians chapter five. All right. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.